Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station and at seattlesports.com. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Rain Marine Electronics, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Welcome to the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app, streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the live video feed on 710sports.com. And, of course, the venerable TheOutdoorLine.com with blogs, podcasts, and pictures of Rob Ensley, who has one foot in the studio and the other on a banana peel. We got you for one more show. Yeah, one more week here in, in, in Washington, and then we head up to the Great White North, which is still white, by the way. I just oh, pulled wow. up the weather for Craig Alaska this morning, <laughs> and it just looks, looks horrid, but that's okay. It was a blizzard when we got there last year, and uh, that's fine. We, we had a lot of work to do, and, and we just stayed inside and got a bunch of work done, and then the weather broke, and we were back in paradise again. So, so I step out of, of, the, uh, of the truck there at the Starbucks parking lot to get our, get our morning cup of coffee, and I smell lingcod. I mean, just immediately. <laughs> What, what's that? I about? didn't have Link, time to shower. Dude, I got I home know, wow. so late last night. <laughs> Lincoln breath over there. Yeah. <laughs> so you were fishing off the the south shore of Vancouver Island late yesterday afternoon, and it was the opener, eh? Yeah. Yeah, it was so. the opener up there for Lincoln, and yeah. uh, so we we trailered out to Nia Bay, which is open for business now. Um, you can go out there and get a slip, and they they need your business. They haven't ha- seen people. Yeah. I went out there and sold them some bait on Thursday, and uh, I'm sitting there talking to Joe Lawrence, you know, at, at Big Salmon, and he's like. We just want people to come back. <laughs> it's like it's we've been here and and, and there's just nobody. Yeah. Like you know they're they're bumming. They want some folks to come out there. He's like, I want to oh, see my friends. Oh, you know, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, well, yeah. and I told him that, but oh, but you know they they yeah. have the place ready to roll. So, yeah. but anyway, we launched there at Nia Bay, and then shot across uh, to Canada to steal some of their fish. That felt good. It, it has to. It yeah, does. It man. does. It's the same feeling you get in Alaska when it you're cruising off Canada. It feels like. Good. Like I'm not. I'm not taking from our resource. You know, I'm taking their fish. But anyway, it was it was amazing. I mean, amazing lingcod. I don't know that I've ever caught so many lingcod. Uh, we had four guys on the boat, and and just fishing lead headed grubs. Those Berkeley yeah. fusion fusions. Yeah. And I I brought some fancier stuff, and those guys all just have lead head. You know, little rubber worms, and I brought those Berkeley fusion yeah. that we used yeah. last year. Yeah, with the saltwater gulp scented the, tails. The gulp mullets. Yes. And you put those things on. They just swim in the water. And I dropped mine down, the pink one, and I, I like, barely jigged it, and I had a link out on. And it was pretty much like that for a couple hours. And wow. we just, you know, bring it up. It's a five- or six-pounder, let it go. And we just kind of weeded through them until we got our eight. Uh, rockfish, many as though, you know, you can catch rockfish all day. Got some really nice vermilions, which are you know, we were talking beautiful. about vermilions uh, before the show started. They are so tasty. Yeah, they have like a sweet, buttery kind of taste to them. Man, they're good. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's cool over there. And and the other thing, never saw another boat. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, all by and, and you guys are the only only boat really to head out of Nia Bay yesterday. And and the water. Yeah, wasn't... I, I think there was a couple. Uh, tribal fishermen right, boats right. that went out too, but I think we were the only sport guys that went out of there. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Um, how deep? How deep of water? Shallow. As deep? shallow as thirty-five. Yeah. Never went really uh, any deeper than eighty. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. 
great little uh, two days out on the coast, and thanks for coming in this morning. I yeah. would have <laughs> called it sick. It was me. I'd been like, no, nah, there's no way. I can't so, make it in today. So then, you know, <laughs> Joey pings us. He sends me this picture of a whole bunch of rockfish, which we're going to eat. We're, we're heading out of the Columbia tomorrow and, and make those make the Asian fish packets. Right? You know, that's, they're just so easy and so great. And David Lee's kind enough to invite us down there and go do that. And, and, and so then Joey shows me this, this picture of all these fish he's bringing back from Nia Bay and rolling through CQ. And then I get the CQ email. And and so well, let's 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 kind of table that for a little bit till okay, after we're the break here. But but we're uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think we want to go quite quite off the rails here. Just, well, just yet. we're gonna we're gonna let you simmer here okay. for a little bit, and we'll all get right. you. We're just gonna slowly sit, turn sit. up the heat. We'll, we'll talk about that next segment. Yeah, so, so next sim, segment. Sim it down now. Okay. All right, so okay. Uh, but the springer no, I'm, fishing. I'm, I'm though, listen, I'm listen you mentioned yeah. you mentioned springer fishing. It is going off in the lower Columbia. Um, really good springer fishing down there right now. You guys are headed down for just prime time this week. It, it, it runs through the 6th, April 6th, that's Wednesday. And, I mean, guys are roping them down there right oh, now. Oh, I'm so, so excited. Yeah, and then we got the halibut opener this week in the yeah, Eastern man. Street, too, and folks are getting geared yeah, up. Man. A lot of excitement for that. I haven't pulled up the forecast yet for the Eastern Street. Of course, we're a few days off anyways from Thursday. It's going to change a bunch between now and then. But we, if we have decent weather, the we're going to see some, some great halibut action in the Strait. Somebody's going to land on a, on a pig out there. Uh, I know it. Last year there was a 300 and change that came out of the, you know, somewhere yeah. up in that yep. Bellingham area. Yep. Um, so anyway, that's going on this week. Was it 300 uh, or was it 280 plus? Do we know? Do we even know? I, I, think I think it was, it was 327. Three, yeah. It was 327. It would have been the state like record if they could have weighed it. I yeah. don't know much, but I do it know this. You don't bring a fish that big on board unless you have a game plan, two harpoons, a, a gaff hook, and four strong men. And some men. guns. No, you need four guns. Four strong men. Yeah. yeah. Firepower. No, you need some men's on board. Uh, second hour, we do have Jason Christie jumping on, winner of the Bassmaster Classic. He was he was a little busy last weekend, <laughs> but he's going to uh, call in here at about 7 o'clock. Uh, the first uh, person ever to win the Classic in an aluminum bass boat. We're going to talk to him about that a little Just bit. A he runs great out of guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was a basketball coach, high yeah. school basketball yeah. coach, turned professional bass fisherman, took third in 2018 in the Classic. That close, Nelly. Know, that close. Yeah, he's, but he, I think he's been close twice oh, now. Man. <laughs> but it's uh, it's all about the competition with him and and he lo- he you know, he that aluminum boat, he's he's gonna point out some some advantages to it. And I wouldn't be least mm-hmm. bit surprised if he splits that fleet. I mean, seriously, you know, they, it, it, for years, fiberglass was thought to be the end-all, be-all construction material of boats. It ain't, dude. Water don't care what your boat's made out of. Mm-hmm. It's about the hull shape, you know. Yeah, so Jason stuff. Christie, 7 o'clock, 725, the legend himself, Buzz Ramsey, going to jump on, talk about this springer fishery down the Columbia that's going on right now. Some tactics for catching these springers. And then we're not far away from the trout opener here in Washington No, as man, well. a couple weeks. And if it ever warms up around here, which it looks like it's going to maybe this next week, the trout fishing is going to go off here on the west side. It's already kind of happening on the east side right now, but uh, we're close to some really good trout fishing here. Of course, the opener's coming, and there's a bunch of winter lakes that are open right mm-hmm. now as well. So. We all know the first day of spring is the day after you fly to uh, to, For sure. to Prince Wales. Yeah. It'll get, I bring it'll the rain It'll get so me. nice oh, yeah. once Rob you, leaves. Mm-hmm. You, you bring the fall. And and you le- and you and you take the winter with. You, I just watch awesome. the jet stream, and I'm just like, please, please, just point right at Seattle. You know, it's like a fire hose. You know, I, oh. and I just love it when it hits you guys in the summer because I know we're actually going to get some good weather yeah. up there. Unfortunately, that fire hose is usually pointed right at us mm-hmm. in Southeast Alaska at the Tongass Rainforest. Okay, and, and let me tell you, they don't call it a rainforest for nothing. It, it's crazy. It gets after it. it as many years as, as we've been going to Southeast. The weather is exactly opposite of what it is here. Absolutely, it, it's just we are always yeah. on the other side of the jet here, yeah. in, here in the here in the Northwest, the Seattle area, 
And, and if it's nice down here, you are getting sure. a lashing. So every time I'm sitting on our beach with a Corona, you know, sweating, I do think of you. And a little tear, you know, just kind of rolls down my face. A tear of laughter. Uh, that, that's, yeah. Well, it's a tear. It's a tear. It's you a gotta, tear because you need some sweat on. got yeah. in his eye, <laughs> and it's salty, and then it created a tear. Oh, I get the pictures of the yeah. fire and his flip-flops uh-huh. and, the, and the Corona. Sometimes you oh, yeah. didn't need a fire Him bobbing around in the hot tub. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All of the above. Okay. Well, um, last last week I went on a little bit of a rant, just a little, just a little bit of a rant. Um, it it was kind of, and, and uh, I don't want to ever have to do that again. And and uh, we do have some stuff to talk about this week, though, both what's going on down in Columbia, and and what uh, what we learned from the North of Falcon meetings here, and of course the the uh, the infamous CQ email that I just uh, I just alluded to. So tell you what, load up that text toy for us, 206-421-3776. Give us a call on that reverse chime hotline, 866-979-3776. Give us 90 seconds, and uh, we might just get you a little fired up too, right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 the Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line, 710, Seattle Sports Station, 866-979-3776. We got Rich from Kenmore on line two. Good morning, Rich. Good morning, Tom. How you doing? We're doing good, man. What's up? Oh, my God. I get my boat back today. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Just in time for and I, Area 10 to be closed the day before yesterday. <laughs> Strong work. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but I just wanted to give a big thanks to uh, the people that really helped me out. Fishing community came together and really gave me some sound ideas on what to do from Harborside Marine to Cascade Marine. Even had this guy from Dry Storage, Darren, go out on the last day of Area 10 and give me his biggest fish of the year, so I had some fresh fish to eat. So that's amazing. First guy to ever do that for me down there in Edmond. So oh, that's very cool, man. Right on. Gifts. So you did the I smart thing. You got you got ready for the season. That's awesome. No, I didn't. I just I had a major uh, major thing happen to me there that made force me to get a brand new engine all the way to the outdrive. So I'm going to be ready to rock put in some time out there this year i'm just uh it's a really good day today right on man i'm glad to hear it well thanks for calling buddy and, and uh we'll talk to you soon all right thank all you right, thanks richard. Take care, richard so so i'm sitting you know at home listening to the listen to the uh columbia river north of falcon call and you know kind of get a little tick we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a minute and then i see this this post from andy walgamott about how the commission's trying to redefine redefine opportunity and all this stuff and dude, I, I just you know, I'm ready to run down Olympia with gaff hooked and smoke guild plates and head on down there. And then uh, I go, uh, wait a minute here, that's that's a there was a little April Fool's April joke, Fool's joke I got pulled. Yeah. So that that's when I that's when for it, for that's sure. when I knew I had to calm down. A little yeah. Bit. So, yeah. You got to uh, so calm down. Back her down a little bit. So but so let's. I don't know about this area five thing. I don't know if you need to calm down just yet. So uh, let's yeah let's tackle that because we te- we teased it. So yesterday. Um, the WDFW sampling staff sent out some CPUE or catch per unit effort uh, in Area 5 and angler effort. And and so they've seen a spike in both success and angler effort. And the number of Chinook they modeled for the Area 5 or CQ Chinook fishery may be up against what they predicted. Now, 
by the letter of the law, by the list of agreed to fisheries, we could go fish through that and, and be, be within our agreement. Mm-hmm. However, that it, that's a difficult, that's a, that's a difficult position to take coming into some discussions when there's so much other opportunity on the table. So we don't know which way this is going to go. We're going to know more about this on Tuesday. We'll ab- absolutely let you know on the outdoor lines, YouTube channels. Um, we had uh, following what we alluded to last week as a loss of opportunity following the seven days we got in Marine area seven, I flew off the handle a little bit because at the time WDFW's response to loot to fishing seven days in area seven was then to delay the season seven weeks in area seven and give us a, a July or excuse me, an August 15th opener. And, and that was unsatisfactory. So when yet, when last week I, I called for some emails to the commissioner's office and one of the head biometricians, I had no idea what the response would be. And by noon last Saturday, their email server basically crashed. Those guys could not receive any, which then I got a chance to speak to the director the, the next day. Um, Kelly Susman kind enough to call. And, and so I have, it's a big thanks to everybody that, uh, that helped out with that. And in addition, the North of Falcon call following that, typically there's 30, 40 guys on maybe as many as 50. There's well there was over a bunch of us, well over a hundred people on that call. And, and that spoke volumes to WDFW, too. And so what, what they're looking at modeling now is a series of three-day openers um, maybe occurring on the 14th of July, which would give us three-day hits. Um, and, and then that season, and Area 9 and Area 7 would run concurrently, okay? So now you're spreading out the pressure. You're getting a little bit later opening in 7, but you're getting a couple days early, potentially. In 9. In 9, and then run through these three-day seasons until... They need those Chinook impacts to run the coho season because, dude, we got a banger coho season coming. So that I felt better about that. Then yesterday, listening to the Bowie Ten call, the North Fountain call that that occurred, and and again, you know, there's there's more than a hundred people on that call too. Right now, they're they're seriously looking at knocking the 13th through the 20th of August off of the Bowie Ten fishery for for Chinook retention. Because of what we're seeing now with the lower Columbia or the Thule stocks, right? They're, they're challenged. And, of course, then this runs right back to back with Noah suggesting that we cut 4 million hatchery fish out of the lower river because of, because of a stray rate. So you got two diametrically opposed governmental bodies. You got WDFW trying to create opportunity, and you have the feds wanting to slash hatchery production at the same time. I mean, it's just, you know. It's, and we're caught in the middle. And we're caught in the middle. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Just in, actually, in, we're not even in the middle. You yeah. might be yeah, maybe at the bottom. The bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's, it's all you know. And thank you for being involved in oh, all this dude, stuff, man. Way too much time uh, on Zoom calls. Don't have enough time to do it. Yeah. But you, Dave Johnson, a bunch of the guys around there, Garner, and everybody, and and thank you for all the time dude, you spend on it and bringing you know the public, you know, bringing some of this information to the public and bringing this to light. So yeah, dude, thanks to all it. the guys. Who, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, without you know, a doubt, without, without you guys doing that, yeah, we. We have nothing, man. But, you know, here, so, here's the thing. I, I would, all I want to do is hunt and fish, right? But you're kind of forced to get involved with some of this stuff. So, it's you know, it is what it is. But, again, thank you to the listeners that helped us out. Because when I popped that out last Friday night, I had no idea what the response would be. thought, okay, maybe two, two people would email. Okay, whatever. No. It was, it was stunning, and I'm humbled, and I really appreciate your efforts. And I could see the traction and change that made in the process. And I just want to thank everybody that, that participated. The sure. April Fool's joke Nelly was talking oh, about was dude. Andy Walgamoff from Northwest Sportsman Magazine, who just does a wonderful job of he keeping does. everybody up to speed on this stuff, released a, a, a press release yesterday, April Fool's Day, yep. 
that they were actually trying to rewrite, you know, the mission of, of, of the, the, commission. Yeah, the commission. Instead of yep. maximizing opportunity, we're going to replace that with dampen opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And Nelly read the first sentence, and immediately the emails were oh, flying all off. over the place. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, everybody. We're getting these big chain mails going all over the place. And I'm like, just calm, calm down. <laughs> calm down, it's a Nelly. Joke. It's, it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah, okay, yeah. It was yeah. A, yeah, don't doubt about it. What's not a joke is what we get to do on Thursday. And what we get to do on Thursday is go halibut fishing for the earliest time frame that, you know, that, yeah. that I think the, ev- ever could probably, be. Right? I mean, Maybe not ever, but well, certainly in, in recent memory. Had, yeah. and, and the tides are right and the whole bit. So let's pop out of here for a quick break and let's run this straights halibut drill down because if you got an opportunity, you should take part of it because it's going to be good. We're going to tell you about it next here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line. That's Rob Ensley, Joey Pyburn to my right, Matt Nelson behind the glass. I'm Tom Nelson. Thanks for tuning in this morning. You're listening to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app. Um, If you look at your trusty tide table, you're going to see slack water in the straits on Thursday, right mid-morning. You see a mellow tidal exchange that day. And if we get just a little bit of break in the weather, we're looking at an honest-to-goodness butt opener in the straits, man. It's going to be really, really cool. A couple ways we can attack these, these, these critters. You can either drift or you can anchor. And, and, and I was talking with Eric Lindy about this the other day, and, and it's amazing how much more popular anchoring is in the straits and and if you're yeah. you're gonna do that man it's all about where you drop the pick obviously yeah i would say at least 80 percent of the people maybe now are anchored up out there yeah um and and shallow too i mean you know up in southeast alaska we'll anchor 200 to 500 something like that yeah. in the straight 30 to a buck 50 and there's guys anchoring deeper i know some guys that are hooking up in 250 and 300 and 350 and whatnot but but shallow is you know, pretty much the name of the game out there, even out of PA and stuff, guys ranking up in the, in the bays, pretty shallow, 50 to 80 feet and getting some nice halibut. And then the name of the game is chumming them in. Yep. And um, being patient. Yep. And being patient. Yep. And then on the drift, uh, certainly all the same stuff still works, but you're going to stripe out those banks, you know. And, and nowadays, especially with places like Hindbank or some of the banks, it's a bit of a parking lot. So if you're going to drift, you're going to have to kind of weave your way through some of the guys that are anchored up out there. Um, so you don't, and, and be careful. Their anchor lines are strung out way out in front of the boats. You know, you got to avoid that. Remember, if they're if they're sitting right there, their anchor line could be a few hundred feet in front of them. Mm-hmm. So don't get your stuff hooked up into their into their gear. But uh, yeah, jigging, uh, scampi tails, big darts, heavy big darts. You know, up to a pound. Some of those big darts work really good. Even some of the small ones, if the tie's not too bad. And then drifting with herring and squid and all the same stuff. You know. Uh, but anchored up, we we talk about that a lot on, on the show here. It's about getting that scent trail going. Uh, of course, we had Kevin John on the show last weekend from Holiday Sports up in Burlington. They're right kind of in the epicenter uh, of the eastern, eastern straits. And then out on, in, in the PA area, you want to go to Swain's and talk to Bob Anspa out there. I've had a few people asking questions this week, and I sent them right to Bob out at Swain's. But uh, it's all kind of the same, anchoring up, big herring, big squid, couple big J hooks. You know, you want to kind of stay away from the circle hooks. You're just, you do. You're not going to you get do. that many bites. Yeah. You know, one to three bites, pretty average. You know, if you're in a good spot, you, you could rope them out. I mean, there's mm-hmm. days when you can get more bites than that, but just kind of plan on that. Right. So you don't want to miss a bite. That's where those big J hooks come in. The big Absolutely cannot, true. big river, gamakatsus are nasty The hooks. only time that I would use a circle hook in the straits is 
if I was on anchor and I had a big old smelly salmon head, okay, and I'd put it down as part of my scent trail. Yeah. And you just never know what happens on that salmon head. But you know something else I didn't mention? We mentioned drifting, then we mentioned anchoring. You can troll. You can you troll. Can also yeah, troll absolutely. And, yeah. and get help. Yeah. Yep. And and the deal with the trolling is slow. Yep. And you know those big black herring. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the way to run those things is to skew, run a skewer in them and kind of get your bend. They're big and they're they're not the herring that we sell for the halibut aren't like nice scale. Yeah, they're not. They're not sturdy. They're these big, <laughs> the biggest herring we can find. But get that bend built into them. Get them to spin. Run them down. And slow walk yeah. around on those banks. And and even up shallow, those fish are up shallow. We get them up in that 30 to 40 foot range, you know. Um, and, yeah, you know, trolling can be uh, a little, um, you know, you're not going to be um, – working as much as if you're if you're jigging around the bar so you can kind of relax and just slow troll around i prefer to anchor just because you get that scent trail going and you set up on a spot where you got maybe you're kind of on a drop and you get that scent going down there and then it's a waiting game and it's you know if the halibut are there it's like an it's an hour hour and a half usually and then you're going to start to get some fish around well and most of these boats have the advantage of downriggers down, and yeah. so you run one mm-hmm. or two chum bags down on those downriggers. Get it off your anchor because your anchor is mm-hmm. way over there and you're way over here. And if there's any difference in angle on the wind and the tide, you're going to be the boats could be way off of your your chum bag. So put it put it down on the downrigger balls, one or two chum bags, and then get your gear in behind it. And you can you can suck them right in that way. Now talking about trolling, I remember just just rewinding the years ago back when I fished up there quite a bit. Mike Dunnigan out of Mount Vernon chartered out there forever, and he would just murder halibut for his guests out there, and he would just troll. Troll. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. He'd basically just go and blackmouth fishing. He, he would use the same gear, mm-hmm. just use his blackmouth gear and run cut plugs and all tiny little stuff, just like he was blackmouth fishing. How many times have we Dude. fished those banks oh, and man. caught halibut? Yeah, yeah. like During, on Coho Killer. Oh, yep. same yeah, stuff. for sure. Uh, so don't be afraid to do well, that, that. That's how we kind of figured out. That those fish were up shallow, sure. we'd yeah. be out there blackmouth fishing. Yeah. You're trolling in 35 feet of water with your with your gear way back behind the boat, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> yeah. And you get this halibut in 30, you know, yeah. 35 mm-hmm. feet of water, and then you're like, oh, what's going on here? And then, but yeah. if I was going out on the opener though, I I wouldn't be trolling hardware, and I'd get a couple of big crippled herring, K R I P P L E D, get crippled herring heads, and you could fit a purple label's nose in there, mm-hmm. pin it. Get those hooks way back, like you suggest. A skewer is a great call to keep that thing straight and get it. And then I also know some guys that trolled that run like either a triangle flasher or even a short dummy 360 flasher on the ball, stack that other because that's the first thing that's going to hit the ball. Your gear is going to be on above it. It's definitely one way to go. Now, keep keep, keep your gear close to that yes, ball. Have yes. that that herring, you know, relatively close to that ball. Be tapping the bottom a little bit. That creates some, you know, some noise down there. Yep. You imagine when that ball hits some There's, sand and some and likewise when you're up. drifting, you want to be banging that bottom right. constantly uh-huh. when you're yeah. drifting. I just want to say one more thing about trolling: coated balls. Use coated balls because coated balls will stick less. You can get those uh, tin shed marine eight coated eighteens up from Kevin John at Holiday Sports. They there's no better ball on the market. We all use them. And we lose very few of them because that coated, it, you know, it's it's like a slinky in a river, right? It's not lead versus rocks. It tends to deform and stick. It bounces off. And Joey purposely 
tries to beat the coating off of those things, and they just they stay. I mean, they just stick no, and that, stay. No, definitely. Um, yeah. one, one other thing. So if you are on anchor and you're sitting there and you got your chum bags down and you got your big herring or your squid, uh, and if you got an extra couple people on the boat and you can get another rod or two in the water, a big swim bait, something heavy that you can drop down right behind the, the main yes. the, the motors, drop it down there and walk it walk back. Walk it right down the center. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of times you think about what's happening. They're, they follow that scent trail up. They might just be sitting like 20 or 30 feet behind the boat, yeah. and you walk that thing back mm-hmm. there, and they're smelling that bait, and they'll whack yeah. it. And, and you know. fillet a big herring, roll up yeah. that fillet, and stick it on stick the hook on of the that, hook. that scampi tail, and a big dart too. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 I say big; it doesn't need to be a pound. That that'd be the it's upper gotta be end, but whatever six you to can, eight ounces, yeah, just and, enough and, to get down. Yeah, you know? whatever with the current you have, whatever yeah. you got to kind of, you know, you want to be able to walk that thing back and get it behind the boat. So, anchoring is a safety challenge, but it's also a challenge to pick your spot. You got to look at the current. You got to look at the contour. Envision how much line you're going to set out and do it. And the first time you are using a particular anchor rig should not be the opener of halibut. Go practice. Practice dropping and retrieving that anchor. And in doing so, you're going to find some shortcuts. Maybe you need uh, a big shrimp basket to put your put your rope in and coil it. And 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 maybe you need to to improve your bow mount. Um, you know, your, your roller mount on your anchor. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that, that you need to do, but make sure you feel comfortable about it because when you pick your spot and you want to look at a prominent nose or set yourself up on a shelf, you want to have some kind of depth break and also go get NOAA chart. Number one, NOAA chart. Number one is the, the shorthand of the cartographer's handbook. All those little symbols tell you something, whether it's G for gravel or C for cobbles or S for stones, or BS for black sand. All those things are great substrates to fish. You don't want to drop your anchor in mud. You don't want to drop your anchor in boulders because it could stick. So educate yourself to what the chart is telling you. You're going to end up in a better spot. Now, bait, 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 okay? We are fortunate to have Joey Pyburn, the professor of bait, okay? And he's got so much great stuff that we can put on the boat. But those those ground... Um, mackerel chunks yeah. in a in a chum bag would be absolutely huge. A combination of maybe some some bigger mackerel shad, yeah, right? or like I mean, a lot of guys probably have leftover bait from last year or leftover freezer, crab bait. Whatever yep. you got, you got herring in there, anchovies. Chop it up and put that in your chum bag. If you don't have that stuff, yeah, we have all kinds of stuff you can go buy. Um, but yeah, and and you know, one thing that guys don't do as much here is swap those baits out all the time. You got to roll them, dude. Um, and and that's that process is just have some uh, some baits ready to go. Have them in a little bucket, squirt a bunch of scent all over them. So when you come up, you just snap it on, boom, right back down, and just keep cycling those baits and keeping it fresh. When I'm on anchor, all I do is rig hooks and bait them up. So all I have to do is have somebody bring it up. I, you know, you hold the sinker, swing it over to me, Wap, snap a new one on and put it down. I don't leave, I don't soak a bait for over for over twenty minutes. Yeah, all it. my halibut leaders have big, heavy, two hundred pound swivels yep. on the end. Monsters. You can just roll it right corkscrew. on that corkscrew swivel. Corkscrews. And then we've been talking a lot about these big hoochies and these big cheaters mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and that's great. But I wouldn't be afraid to roll a straight bait too. Uh, and I fish a lot of blue label herring, right. a lot of the smaller stuff, and they gobble it up. And and one of my favorite hoochies of all time is a clear, uh, purple haze seven inch Gibbs hoochie. You can see the herring through it. 
And it just it just works. I mean, we just murder chicken-sized halibut yeah. up in southeast Alaska on that rig. And I can walk through a whole bunch of boats with that rig, and we just pow, 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 pow. That. The, the big rig's great. The big nine-inch squid with all the stuff on it, all that yeah. stuff's great. But sometimes just that subtle little herring over there, they just come right up and gobble it up and, and keep feeding. So. And, and one of the challenges is with fishing deep and fishing for halibut and moving your gear around is do I still have bait on that hook? And that's what that clear hoochie will do for you. You could put a herring on, slide that big hoochie down over its head, and, and you're protecting that bait. And, and, and rubber bands, rubber bands, rubber bands. Rubber band that herring, you know, to I, – I, I love my favorite deal is the, is the, uh, the um, Berkeley saltwater grub, that 8-inch in either white or, or you know, they make, they make some different colors too, white or cream or glow, whatever it is, something along those lines – and thread that on to a to a 150 or 200 pound mono leader that you've tied up with a pair of 10 odd or 12 odd gamakatsu big river bait hooks. Then, then so thread that that scampi onto that rig. Then rubber band a big herring to the outside of that. Hang that on your spreader bar. And dude, they hit that. They eat that. That is absolutely the halibut extraction device. Yeah. But you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing pictures. I'm looking forward to seeing what guys are going to do out there because you're you're right, Robbo. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens at the Derby. You know, there's yeah, going to be a bunch of guys right. out there, so we're gonna we're gonna know what the biggest fish and actually the was for the last, for the opener. The last day to buy tickets for the Fish Northwest Halibut Derby is Monday the fourth. Okay. You can get them at Holiday Sports. Go to fishnorthwest.com. Hundred bucks a rod. Yeah, hundred bucks a stick, and then. Uh, you think there's going to be a little bit of a party on next Saturday night in, in Friday Harbor? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think somebody, somebody's <laughs> going to go through the yachting glass case and the outside of the yacht club. And so, man, there's been some, there's been some epic blowouts in in, uh, in Friday Harbor for sure. So, yeah. So, anyway, if you're going out, good luck. Post up your pictures. We're dying to see what guys are going to do on that opener. We're going to pop out here for a quick break. Coming back right at you. Ring Marine Picks of the Week right here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week. Presented by Ray Marine Electronics. Don't just go fishing. Go hunting underwater. Ray Marine. Simply superior. Simply the best in multifunction navigational displays. We're talking the fluid touch and the hybrid touch displays. Go check them out and more at raymarine.com and stand by for an earth-shattering, monumental earthquake of an announcement coming from Raymarine this week. I got to look at some of the really, really cool stuff coming down the pike here. You're going to find out about it next week. In the meanwhile, go to raymarine.com. Heat-seeking. Heat-seeking. <laughs> Radar. Actually, it's going to cook the fish but prior to bringing it up to the boat, you see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Spring Chinook fishing on the lower Columbia. Hammer yeah. time right now. Yeah. Limits all around pretty much it, for the guys know what just, they're doing. I mean, it just kind of popped, too. Just a couple days yeah. ago. And, and uh, so it's it's going right now. Your green label cut plug herring mm-hmm. with or without a fish flash. Dragging it on the bottom down there. Guys are roping them out. That's probably the hottest thing going right now. We were just talking halibut in the eastern straits. That's opening up on the 7th. Now, the lower Columbia fishery, the Spring Chinook deal, goes through the 6th. That's Wednesday. Then they take a break to analyze the data, how many fish were caught, how many weren't caught, how much of the quota is left. And usually, not always, but usually there's a little bit of an opener, mm-hmm. you know, sometime in May, something like that, when the run's just just cranking up the Columbia River. Got to so, see what gets over that dam. Right, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, CQ, still catching blackmouth out there. CQ smoking. Bit of dude, a, they might be yeah. pumping the brakes a yeah. little bit on that one. We got an email at 4.59 p.m. last night from WDFW and... Uh, you know, pumping the brakes, like, hey, guys, you know, be yeah. careful. Yeah, but, I mean, I was out there on Thursday. There were four or five boats on the water. 
Okay, so during the week, it's slow out there. During the weekend, obviously, there's more pressure. But, yeah, CQ still off the hook. Yeah, but mountain. just all the more reason to just make our regs semi- similar and just have a one Chinook living. Okay, it's about time on the water. That's what it's all about. That opportunity. Yep. Razor clams uh, happening on the coast right now. We've got a pretty good swell coming tomorrow and Monday, but it's actually pretty good today. And then midweek, you know, I think this this opener goes through the six. So later on in this dig, the swell the swell goes down a little bit. We got like a 14, 15 foot swell coming in Monday, Tuesday, which makes things a little bit interesting. Clam digging, but it's been good out there. Um, walleye fishing on the other side of the mountains has been crazy. Yeah. Rufus Woods has been good. Austin Moser's been roping them up there. And then potholes. I talked to Nathan LaFrance at Mardon Store yesterday. It's been solid, and it's just the lake is coming to life. Those lakes on the east side are coming to life. Trout. Bat, the bass fishing is on fire back in the dunes uh, over on potholes, and they're getting walleye over there as well. Well, all those fish have been stuck under the ice all over <laughs> oh, there. Like, man. No kidding. We need to do some eating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trout fishing, we mentioned that a little bit here. We are going to have Buzz Ramsey on the show at about 725 to talk about, obviously, spring chinook on the Columbia, but then he's going to dive into some trout tax as well because we've got, we've got trout fishing coming up here. I mean, we've got winter fisheries that have been going on all winter long here on the west side and east side as well. But the opener's coming here at the end of April, and folks are getting geared up for that, and that's always a pretty exciting time. Same for soldiers. Still looking for boaters to take veterans out at the big event, the Day of Honor event on September 17th. Shoot an email over to salmonforsoldiers.com. Let them know you're interested. They're still looking for boaters for that great event. Take some vets out. We've got a great silver run here in the Sound this fall. It's an absolute blast. And uh, we really highly encourage you guys to get signed up and, and get involved in that event, just for the barbecue alone. Uh, the, you know, the banquet's just a just a blast afterwards. So. And it's so cool just to hang out and talk fishing sure. and smile and laugh and have fun with and everybody. And it's a great way to say thank you to our Absolutely. veterans. So that's Good. going on. Uh, Joe, you mentioned the turkey opener coming up here. Well, it's just a week, week and a half 15th, away on the right? east side. Yeah. 15th, yeah. yeah. And you've done a bunch of turkey hunting over there, all over the place, but really that northeast corner, you've done a, a bunch up in there too, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, you know, when I was younger, I did it a lot. I mean, I was a turkey nut. Um, haven't <clears throat> haven't been over there doing that much turkey hunting. Kind of switched into more of a like a spring bear thing. But I want to go over and, and try to get a, a turkey. Austin Mosher's been over there scouting for me for two months. <laughs> He's got the turkeys locked down. He knows exactly what tree they live in. And uh, I, so I'm going to go over and fish with him, and then we're going to try to get a turkey that opening morning. And, gee, what what would you be taking with you over there? Well, I'll be taking my Browning A5. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna clean it like three or four <gasps> times before I go. Really? Out. And then I'm going to go over there and try to. Try so to... does it come with a turkey choke? No. Uh, no. 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 Are you and... going to shoot the full? That... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then, and then what? Uh, I'll, just, I'll just buy some turkey loads. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, or just run, you know. I think there's a, there's a limit with turkeys, if I remember there's right. There's a shot limit. Yeah. Yeah. Is it fours or sixes or twos? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, look up the regs, but there is definitely a shot limit yeah. on, on turkeys. Yeah. Yep. So, like I said, I haven't done it for years. But, yeah. Um, I'm also well, gonna, I'm also going to take my bow because oh. if if you know I'll probably have my bow with me and if I can shoot one with my bow I want to do that. Well, that northeast corner is where you know the majority of the harvest takes place up there. I want to say about sixty percent of the statewide harvest takes mm-hmm. place in the northeast corner. Uh, Okanagan County's been coming on strong though the last few years. Tianaway. Yeah, a few birds over there. A lot of private land in there, but there's a few birds over there. And then southeast Washington, too, mm-hmm. is the other big hot spot. So. 
Yeah, there tons of turkeys around. We used we started hunting down around like in the Klickitat area, and you know back then there was nobody that turkey hunted, and we hunted there for years until that kind of got crowded, and then we had to go find another part of the state that was less crowded, and that was the northeast corner up by Lake Roosevelt, and there's so many turkeys up there, and there's a lot of private property also, but you know there's so many turkeys that a lot of those those farmers or folks that own a bunch of land are they're perfectly happy to let you go out there and, and shoot a turkey. Well, they don't like them. They get up on the the round bales oh, yeah. and they just destroy. <laughs> or they, they or you know, in yeah. the wintertime, they they sit on their roof. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like more, redneck well, redneck peacocks. Well, a lot of them are more than happy to let you in there <laughs> to scare off the dang turkeys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, definitely, definitely cool stuff. And and yeah, Joey's been practicing with his bow too, man. You you've been heading up the. And Machias there, and doing the 3D range there at Seattle Rifle and Pistol, and 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 practicing up. He's 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 getting scary with a bow, dude. I, I bet you could stick one out to 70, 80 yards, knowing you. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the bow tech technology now is crazy. I mean, they're, they're so they're easy too, to shoot. Yeah, so easy to shoot. I went over to Mike Mays, Mays Custom Archery, and had him tune the bow up and new string and all that. And I was surprised. Like I've been shooting the same string for like three years. And it, they just get a little stretchy and sloppy and a new, you know, if you haven't had a new string on your bow, get a new string. It's, it just kind of, it's like getting new tires on your truck. You're like, oh, truck drives better now. So yeah, I've been, I'm, that thing is dialed, dude. So Thanks. let's, let's talk rigging for springers on the lower Columbia. We yeah, just talked call. about that, uh, you know, that's going on through Wednesday the 6th here. You guys are headed down there tomorrow. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a cut plug herring drill, green label herring. A couple of two odd, three odd hooks. Nelly, you've been down there yes. a bunch. Why don't you run our listeners through how yes. to rig up for this program? Yes, it's a cut plug drill, but it also can be an anchovy drill, mm-hmm. right? You know, and and running them in heads and stuff. But but you're exactly right. You need to run a dropper leader, and uh, you know, a couple ways to do that. You, I know guys that. That, that run stiffer pieces of mono to keep things straight. But basically, you, you want to run braid. You want to run what I would consider a herring rod, fairly soft rod, because you want the mouthfeel when that springer first encounters your gear not to be, you know, absolutely, you know, hard as hard as steel, right? You want a, a little give to that to that rod tip. So from there, you, you're going to have a slider on your, on your main line. You're going to run a, you know, uh, maybe 150-pound bumper to a triangular, you know, in line. I'd... The the 360 thing really is not the way you want to go for springers. There's pro- there's probably guys that do it. There's probably guys that fish do- flash deal. fish flash right? yeah. yeah yeah just run a, run a fish flash. Then you're gonna run probably a seven eight inch um, dropper. You know your lead is completely dependent on on whether you're you know whether what the currents like what depth you're you're fishing. But try to make sure everybody's got the same size sinker in the boat. And so and and then you're gonna you're just make sure everybody's aware of the depth. And and you know it used to be on the lower river where you get some current exchange. That, that you would you would anchor on the on the ebb and troll on the flood, but most guys down there they're just they're trolling the whole time now, and, and and that way you don't have to switch techniques and drop your anchor and do all that crap. And I'm no springer expert. I've done it one time, and um, but it, I I definitely like one of the most important things was uh, my job was I walk around to every rod and just like give it a, a half a make sure it's half on the a bottom. pull and make sure that boom mm-hmm. boom it hits the bottom and then give it half a crank on the reel. Mm-hmm. And just walk around to each rod and, and you know, that kept me busy. Like, I usually stand at my downrigger, you know, so this gave me something to do. And just make sure you're, you want it right there. And if it's ticking a little bit, that's fine. And, and all the guys that I talk to who are, like, Springer hotshots, that's one of the 
most yeah, important thing. Keep it close to okay, the bottom. Okay, so lead size, four to eight, mm, ten ounces, or what yeah, are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, roughly. Round balls. You know, you're going to spend a lot of, you're going to use a lot of sevens, excuse me, a lot of sixes and eights, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. know, tens. I think, were we running at 12 at one point? I don't think so. I think we probably right around 10 ounces yeah. was, 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 was probably the biggest. But the funny thing was, dude, is watch where people are sitting in the boat and watch where people are getting bit. Because every now and then, somebody moving the boat, you sit in a different location. So we were fishing down there last year with, with Dave Lee's buddy, Mike Pitson. And the first day, dude, everywhere Mike sat, that's where the rod was going off for that well, whole day. Well, I think that day. was because of me. Oh, I was the one oh, keep making oh, sure oh, everybody's gear oh, okay. was right on the rod. <laughs> well, so but this year we're going down to Pitts and, and Gogan. Okay, yeah. and and I'm going to make sure I'm going to I'm going to make you know Kevin aware of this. And so if he he gets salty at you, you know that that'll be then my job will have been done at that point. But but then bait. Um, last year you could not find green label bait. It was a very very challenging year to get the get the right size bait. And when you did, you know who knows? It was it was it could have been old. Could have been tough. This year, bait supplies are, are are way better. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We just pumped a – we're having to run vans down there because, you know, we load up the stores and they get cleaned out. So there's plenty of bait down there. Um, this year seems like – I've talked to quite a few guys. It's not it's not an anchovy thing this year. Right. It, it's a green herring thing. Sure. Uh, or red herring. Mm-hmm. Um, I send Dave down there with some reds too. Um, and it's it's a herring show. And And – the Springer Fishery is where the mad scientists come out. A lot of guys will have three or four different bait coolers, and these, there's chartreuse in this one, and there's blue yeah. in this one, and there's natural in this one. And the garlic and the thing, procure, one, yes. one year, garlic went off yeah, down there, did. and that was the only year. I talk to these guys every year, like, hey, garlic, garlic, garlic. No, 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 no. There, that happened one time. It's going to come back around, though. And then we they talked will. about uh, the smelt. No, the Springers don't eat smelt. They don't, they eat, don't smelt. eat them. They, they don't, don't eat them. them. They, they don't eat them. Well, what are they doing this year? They're, They're eating, eating smelt. Yeah. They're all eating the smelt. Yeah. Uh, the guys aren't fishing smelt, but those things are plugged with smelt for the first time, and anybody can remember. I think these you know? Springers have been out there, and, and the ocean conditions have been a little bit better, and there's a lot of bait. We're seeing these massive herring spawns. I think they've been out there just putting on the weight, and they're so used to just eating all day long. They got in the river, and they're like, well... There's all these smells. Easy Let's meal. Scarf these things down. Yeah. So since you're heading up north, what's heading our way? What are you What are you hearing from the guys that are that are messing around up in Prince of Wales, up in up in Craig better salmon fish? Sitka. Better at Sitka. Better numbers in See, Sitka. That's what I'm I, hearing. Good things about Sitka. I've heard really good and, things about Sitka. Uh, the weather's been so horrible yes. in Craig. There's been some folks out poking around here and there, you know, catching a few fish, but it's just been it's been rough, man. I mean, yeah. I called up there the other day. I'm like, what's going on? It's blowing fifty. You know, it's blowing 40. I'm hoping this all flushes itself out of the mm-hmm. system yeah. and we get some good weather this summer. And we'll fish regardless anyway. we got lots of hi- places to hide up so, there. But um, there's kings, Nelly. There's kings. So You're going to be fine. We, be okay. <laughs> but but the thing of it is, uh, and, and why we kind of keep our eye on this, is because, you know, there's obviously a correlation with a lot of our fish that, you know, are, are caught in southeast Alaska that are that are fin-clipped and, and heading this direction. And the abundance has been such off of off of Sitka that they're giving the guys another winter troll opener up there in April, and that hasn't happened in six years, I would say. That and the herring fishery up there is really really solid as well. So, so I mean, overall, the the picture we're getting from the ocean, the, the what you know, our look into what's going on. You you look at you look at the ocean conditions, you look at the forecast, and what we're hearing on the grounds right now. And I'm I'm excited. I'm, I'm fired up for this this salmon. Season. You think Jason Christie cares? No, he doesn't no, care he doesn't one give bit. A damn. He does not quit. He does not <laughs> care. He doesn't care. Hailing, He'd care if we were talking about whitetail or something. Like he that, would. You know? yeah. He would definitely. Deer Deer or, so 
the the bass. the Super Bowl of fishing in this country is without question the Bassmaster Classic. And every now and then we get a chance to talk to the champ. We get to do so right after the break. He hails from Grand Lake, Oklahoma. Give us a few minutes. Jason Christie joining us next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app.